Yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh huh. Cheers, sir. Cheers. 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 Welcome to the Knock Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I'm Brian Canever. And on today's episode, we talk to Adam Engel and Chris Howard from Alliance Brewing Company in South Knoxville about their years-long support of soccer culture and sporting culture in the city. And we go behind the scenes of how they created the first official beer for One Knoxville Sporting Club. So crack open your One Knoxville Club Lager, slip on your favorite jersey, and get ready for the feast of football for the ears. Brian, how are we starting this one off? In honor of Adam Ingalls' love for Aussie Rules football, throw some shrimp on the bobby because I'm doing this like Tim Cahill, proud Evertonian, and all-time leading goal scorer for the Socceroos. Off the top of me head. This is the Knox Soccer Podcast. Before we get to the beer, a little bit of shop talk. We are looking for an awesome summer intern that's crazy about soccer and Knoxville, just like us, to take the reins of our social media channels and blow it up with subs, likes, posts, stories, snaps, you know, all those things. We're also looking for sponsors. We are Knoxville's first and only all-soccer podcast seeking local active brands to partner with us for a 10-episode run this summer. If you're interested in any of those, drop us a line, knoxsoccerpodcast at gmail.com. Now, on to the show. We are here at Alliance Brewing down on Severe Ave, and we're here with Adam Engel and Chris Howard, and we're chatting about just the soccer culture as well as the collab beer they did with One Knoxville SC. Adam and Chris, can you tell me who you are and what do you do? We're still working on that. <laughs> Deep questions, but uh, I'm head brewer and one of the founders, and so try and basically make uh, hot sugar water, and uh, hopefully that turns into beer. I'm a co-owner. Just do basically everything. I did engineering for 30 years and just wanted to do something different, and this is it, so... A lot of fun. Tell us about Alliance. We were talking kind of off the mic. Uh, you guys have been here for seven years. Um, yeah, tell us, kind of just give us the whole, the elevator pitch of what is Alliance and uh, what you guys are excited about. Uh, well, we all kind of came together um, in, gosh, I don't even know, 20, 2011, really, just when we were kind of kicking the idea around and uh, took a while to get off the ground. I, uh, I'd been brewing at Smoky Mountain. Um, and did that for three years, so got a lot of uh, great experience uh, professionally, and left that at the end of twelve. And so then it was pretty much uh, kind of boots on the ground, trying to figure out what you know how to get going at that point. So um, kind of looked at a lot of different places and uh, trials and tribulations, and we finally got open in, here on Severe Avenue, August of twenty fifteen. The name Alliance, ABC, for short. Um, it also worked for. Uh, we were um, kind of a placeholder. Originally, we were looking at Alcoa, so it was Alcoa Brewing Company, but we knew we were going to change it anyway. But we really we came up with the tagline uh, "Active Beer Culture," so um, immediately trademarked that. But everybody was into something. Chris was big into mountain biking. Uh, another Chris was big into trail running. I was still doing rugby, so um, just kind of tying athletics and the sports culture into beer um because most especially when it comes to european sports i mean it kind of goes it's kind of synonymous um especially to head down to the pub and have a pint after training or after a match 
uh, especially in rugby culture. But um, but we wanted to work that in. So uh, so that worked. So when we were not uh, any in Alcoa anymore, we knew we had to be with an A name, and Alliance worked out. We've always linked it with uh, sports. So the rugby teams, we've sponsored that. We currently sponsor um, on the um, yep Knoxville Gaelic Athletic Club for hurling. Sponsored them. Um, let's see. Knoxville Men's Rugby, Knoxville Women's Rugby, um, Mountain Bike Club, Mountain Bike Club, AMBC, yeah. And so uh, we never really thought about being a sports pub or anything, but we always really enjoyed watching sports. <laughs> so we'd pull out a TV and watch and start watching uh, matches here, whether it was rugby or soccer, um, what, anything, mostly European stuff, because you can obviously get down to anywhere and watch NFL and college football and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we, while we do support uh, the UT sports as well, those can be on, but our main focus was just like having an experience uh, that was more, I uh, don't want to use the term European, but just like, you know, it's, it's a different atmosphere here. Um, so if you can, if you like some strange sports, you can usually find them, so. Yeah, and I feel like you guys have a pretty active social calendar with like runs and uh trail rides and whatnot all coming out uh, of the location. Is that right? We do. Yeah. Monday we do yoga here in this room. We've had that going on since we opened and um, yeah, there's at least two runs throughout the week. Plenty of things to do. Um, so watching sports, but also being active and uh, doing things. So try and uh, try and keep that calendar full. So the English Premier League came to American Shores in 2014. Um, and it seems like not long afterward, once Alliance was here, every English Premier League supporter club has had a, a, a period of time that they've been here, right? My, my friend DJ Loop has been here with his Manchester United supporters. I've come down with the, with the Everton group to watch games here. Uh, how did that come about? How did Alliance become this hub for, for English Premier League soccer in the city? But we tried to watch you know, Spurs games over here and stuff. I'm a Spurs fan. So, so Bradford contacted me and yeah, I knew him from going over to Hops and Hollers and watching games back Gosh, right, I guess right after we opened up, so yeah, 2015. Totally. So he said that they would like to do something over here, and so we did. And then eventually uh, most of the teams went on, and they all wanted their own own pub. So, But, yeah, it was, it's was it been great. Um, oh, yeah. For an English Premier League soccer club fan, uh, you know, getting up at 7 a.m., you make that sacrifice and you get up. Was that an adjustment for you guys of like, oh, there's a demand at 10 a.m.? Um, we should uh, unlock the doors. <laughs> I knew about it and everything, so that was no problem for us. And you know, I just live up the street, so <laughs> like this, you know, this Saturday, uh, Casey and the Everton guys, Casey and Eric, and they wanted to come down and watch the Everton game. So it's like, sure, I'll be there. So it's like seven thirty game, and and uh, they hung around till about eleven thirty or so, and so we had a great time. So I've been down here to watch Everton games before with with Casey and with Ethan and the group. Um, I brought my two-year-old daughter to watch games with me. Uh, I think there's a, a nice thing uh, to being able to watch games early in the morning on weekends um, because you kind of start your day off on, on the right foot. Can you describe the atmosphere uh, that Alliance has on game days, whether that's Premier League game days or during Champions League matches or whenever you have people here? Like, What's the, what's the experience like for people? Uh, it is family friendly. Uh, you know, this past Saturday, you know, we had a lot of kids in here with the Man City uh, Liverpool game. So we had quite a few uh, Liverpool fans and a couple of Man City fans. And so it was a great atmosphere. Yeah, everybody everybody gets along pretty well. I mean, you know, touch back on uh, when everybody kind of had a stint here. The place would be packed and kind of electric, and uh, but you know, good natured. Nobody was you know too rough or too rowdy. Um, 
but everybody eventually wanted to kind of migrate around and, and have the, have their own thing. Uh, but yeah, we were opening for just about every match there was there for about a year yeah. or two. It was, uh, it was always something happening. Somebody was coming in early. So for big matches, you know, it'll be, it'll be packed. It'll be well, 30 or 40 people over here, depending on what, on the match and who, who it is and who they're playing. So, uh, which, you know, fills up the room nicely. So it's uh, it's a good crowd. And then depending on the match and how tense it is, uh, more beer is consumed. <laughs> it can be, certainly. It certainly can be, yeah. I think there were uh, still some champagne streaks on the uh, – from the uh, when was that? France. That was, that was when uh, France won the World. That Cup. was World Cup. Yeah, we've got we've definitely got some uh, PSG uh, supporters here as well. So uh, yeah, there was much, much celebrating. So I'm looking up right now at the at the ceiling, and Alliance has a one Knoxville flag, Leicester City, Tottenham Hotspur, Everton, Leeds United, and Paris Saint Germain. I know Manchester United has been here in the past. Oh, 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 Celtic Football Club. I've, I've spoken <laughs> to Coach Mark McKeever, the one Knoxville soccer club, and he said if Knoxville doesn't already have a Celtic supporters group, he plans to start one. Right, yeah, I read that too. So it was my brother who's been a Celtic fan for years, and uh, he was like, you know, we need one here. So um, I kind of helped him get the Twitter going and come up with a few things. So he's – He's been taking the lead on that. There's definitely quite a few fans in town. So um, he's still waiting to hear back from Celtic. Um, he put in all the paperwork and everything. So we're just waiting to hear back on on all that. But, uh, yeah, home of that. And, uh, we, gosh, we're going to get a St. Pauli flag as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, hopefully they go back to the Bundesliga. Yeah. So looking around, uh, I've been to Europe before, and I've been in, in pubs where <laughs> soccer happens, where people gather to watch soccer games. Um, I'm from the New York City area in Manhattan. We had an Everton supporters pub, uh, which was just like lively on Saturday mornings, especially on Derby days, which we usually lose. <laughs> right. uh, but it was still a blast. Uh, Alliance has been involved with you know, sports culture, with European sports leagues beyond just soccer for years. Um, is it intentional to try to replicate an atmosphere that people might have in England or Scotland or Australia, wherever they go to support their sports teams. Is that part of, part of how you built this? I wouldn't say intentionally. I mean, I think it just, it just comes from the people and in maybe what they were used to before um, in, in different settings. Uh, we've got a lot of windows, so we're definitely not the dark and, and gloomy, uh, you know, go in and hide kind of pub or anything like that, but uh, definitely keeping a, you know, we have upgraded the TVs uh, a couple of times over the years, so it seems like the TVs are getting bigger, 4K and whatnot. But uh, no, I wouldn't say it was an intentional trying to replicate that. But um, I guess just depending on the crowd, it, it they have their own feel and expectations. So um, again, just being being a fam family friendly tap room to begin with, it was we always wanted to make sure that everybody was welcome. Ever get rowdy in here between uh, on, on derby days, rivalry days? Not really, no. I think there was, everybody was pretty good-natured. Yeah, I mean, some good-natured uh, smack talk, but uh, that would be about it. That was the part that surprised me the most when we had Rodolfo and West on from Man City and Liverpool. Um, just how, how much respect they had for each other. And yeah, there was healthy smack talk, but nothing more than that, which was great. Uh, we, we, ruff, we ruffled their feathers a little bit and, and got them going. Uh, but it seems like, yeah, when you're showing up to a place, some polite, uh, polite smack talk mm. and, and, and enjoying it because it's like, hey, we're, we're a select few anyways right. <laughs> here in the States w watching this beautiful game. So uh, we're, we have more, common, <laughs> more in common than, uh, than we have the difference. So. Yeah, for sure. So I know that you both have teams that you personally support in England uh, and, and teams that you support in other sports too. Uh, so Chris, Adam, can you tell tell us um, briefly how you came to supporting 
Spurs and, and Everton? Uh, for me, uh, so my son was playing back in early 2000s, and uh, that's when we first started getting Premier League over here on TV, 2003 or something like that. Uh, so Casey Keller was playing for for Tottenham. I was like, hey, American guy. So And then uh, my son became a Manchester United fan because Tim Howard was playing for them at that time. I mean, he's still got his Howard jersey and everything. And I kind of got out of it, started you know doing, doing other stuff, started racing motorcycles and doing crazy stuff. Mountain biking and everything. But uh, kind of got back into it once we started opening up here. Ponchettino was at Spurs at that time and liked him a lot. And he was doing a lot with a little. So uh, I came to soccer kind of late. Like, it was really, um, I, of course, I'd seen it and knew what it was. Uh, I never played it growing up. Uh, I was always football, baseball, basketball, wrestling, cross country, um, different sports of different sports depending on the time of year and those kinds of things um picked up rugby in college and so that rugby has always been a main focus after after that didn't want to pick a team immediately just wanted to watch and really did for a few years and i think it was only until maybe late 19 2000 something like that um uh, everton kind of hit the radar um once I realized they were uh, the anti-Liverpool, it felt pretty good as well. Yes, we are the anti-Liverpool. <laughs> so that felt hey, good. Hey, Liverpool support yeah. us. <laughs> so um, I didn't want to pick. Uh, I don't know. I'm just never a fan of jumping on a bandwagon when it comes to that. So, I mean, it was like no Man U, no Man City, no Liverpool, um, kind of the big six. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't feel comfortable just like trying to figure that out. So I was like, I'll get a team that, you know, needs support and uh, – Plus they had really good looking kit too, so that doesn't that doesn't hurt. I'm, I'm a bit of a kit nerd junkie. I design a lot of stuff for the hurling team and did for the rugby team as well. So uh, if you have a good kit, um, that's that's a good start in my book. So that was kind of how I was like picking Everton seemed feels right, and uh, now they're fighting <laughs> fighting their way to stay above. And I'm like, oh no, I've jinxed them. Uh, no, I think everybody feels that way. If you're an Everton supporter, we've seen Manchester United pass through here, Everton, Spurs. Um, I know we've had other Premier League supporters clubs. West Ham um, is also here in town. United City. Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. So are there any teams, any supporters groups that you would just absolutely not allow here? Like if somebody was like, we want the official Rangers of Scotland Football Club to also be here. No, no way. <laughs> that one might be a little tough since uh, Celtics already got the, the flag planted. That might be about the only one. We were we were also talking about uh, with FC Pauli, St. Pauli. Mm-hmm. So, you know, super inclusive uh, German club as well. So, uh, they, you know, they accept and play well with everybody. So, um, that'd be pretty cool if they were they were hip. So, like I said, being a family-friendly tap room it's uh it's making sure we can include everybody from all walks of life since you are a kit uh junkie what is your hot take on the new uh mountain kit for one Knox fc looks great um i love the the way the mountains um you know they were able to move those in we had just come up um knoxville hurling we got a new kit travel kit in 2020 and i'll show you guys a picture here in a second it was it's not dissimilar so when i saw the kit reveal i was like this is awesome like, i was already used to playing in that so much you know wearing that little bit different color scheme but uh i'm, I'm trying to talk them into uh possibly having a uh, third kit um i know they're gonna have a ton of stuff next year maybe we can do a um, fans uh drawing like contest or something so, uh that'd be totally awesome so that'd be yeah, neat i don't know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trying to so we'll yeah. see we'll see uh, you hear us, Sam, Drew? Let, uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk about One Knox uh, and this beer collab. So Brian and I have been enjoying this beer uh, since I started recording. Tell us about this beer collab. 
How did it come about and uh, what is it? Uh, so it's our uh, club lager. Um, it's based, basically it's an international pale lager. So there's not really a category for like a Mexican style beer. Like that all falls under an international pale. So your Carlsberg, your Heineken, your Corona, your um, Pacifico, kind of fill in the blank. It's basically um, uh, usually a, a mass produced, like large uh, macro brewed, um, light in color, easy drinking lager uh, that does have some adjunct in it. So basically that's what we were shooting for. Uh, one of my favorite favorite beers uh, outside of Alliance beers, um, especially in the summer, would be Pacifico. So I was wanting to make that. We started our lager, lagering program up in 2020. Things slowed down quite a bit for everybody, everywhere in the world. So we had a lot of time on our hands and a lot of empty tanks and didn't have to turn anything fast. So loggers take three to four times longer than you're turning L's around. And so we had the space and we had the time. So we went ahead and started and I'd been wanting to anyway. So we did a check pills. We did an American logger before last fall. I'd had the idea of getting a Mexican lager in there somewhere, right? Um, basically an adjunct lager, easy drinking, a little more corn basically than an American, um, but not always. So um, had that idea, wasn't really sure about it. And then it all kind of came together. Um, I think Drew had mentioned that they were possibly. Yeah, yeah I was I was having a meeting with uh, our distributor in town and last year he's like, hey, what kind of beer are you thinking about? And he said, you yeah, know, something light, yeah, low, low ABV, easy drinking. Uh, like a Mexican lager. I said, what a coincidence. Yeah. So uh, it all worked out and yeah, it's doing great. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, it does take longer. It's about a five-week beer, give or take. So it's not a fast turnaround as far as the term, as far as beer is concerned. Um, so uh, there's, which means producing not quite a ton of it. So uh, right now you can find it at Soccer Tacos in town, obviously here at the Tap Room and a couple other places. So starting a slow rollout for it um, as well. But, um, and obviously, uh, we want to have it ready for the season. So, you know, season for one Knox kicks off uh, May 14th. And this will be available at the uh, home matches that are being played in Maryville. So we'll have that there as well. So I always describe my favorite style of beer as Mexican party beer. That's the only kind of, I'm like, I'm just Mexican party beer. So that means like Pacifico, yeah. you know, Modelo Negro, Corona. Uh, and so when, when Matt let us preview this, which we, we thought we were getting, getting in on something special, uh, you know, I was just like, this is exactly what I want. And then I texted Sam Weisbrot. He's like, it'd be really great if you had a beer collaboration to go with your, your pizza collaboration with, with Alexa over at Hard Knocks. And he was like, we do with Alliance. I'm like, man, I thought I was going to surprise you. <laughs> uh, and so, so that was great. We've got a special uh, segment here for you that Patty's going to kick off in just a second. But before we do, uh, is there anything that you want to promo about Alliance? Anything to come? Things that you want people to know about soccer or not? Uh, events? Anything like that? Just, you know, keep an eye out on Instagram. You uh, usually do a really good job of keeping everybody updated, uh, updated to what's going on, uh, at least on the week and throughout the month when it comes to viewing options and things like that. So uh, usually, and then of course people just call and say, hey, are you gonna have you know the so-and-so match on? And we'll look and be like, oh yeah, we've got it, come on in. So um, if there's something, somebody's not sure if they can get or if we can get, just call and check. And then uh, if we can be open, we'll be open for it. So um, other than that, that's... Uh, that's about it. All right, Adam and Chris, the real reason we've called you here uh, or we crashed a, uh, uh, a lunch is uh, a little thing we like to call uh, Know Your Knocks. And it's trivia from our favorite big town, Little City. Are you guys ready to play? Oh, sure. <laughs> All right. 
So the, uh, lucky for you guys, you can guys collaborate. You can guys can think this over. Since this is the 40th anniversary of Knoxville World's Fair, we're going to ask you about its infamous souvenir. So the Knoxville World's Fair beer tasted great when it debuted in 1982. True or false? Well, I was I was six, but from what I hear, uh, that was false. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, briefly resurrected in 2017 for the 35th anniversary as a pale ale by Fanatic Brewery. Uh, but this year, 40th anniversary. Uh, what I hear is there's a, like a commemorative beers that every a couple of mm -hmm. different breweries are doing. Can you tell us about what, which one you guys are doing? Yeah, the East, East Tennessee uh, Historical Society got together with uh, Knox Area Brewers Association, and uh, they kind of hatched the idea months ago about basically took all of the countries that were at. <laughs> The 1982 World's Fair did a blind drawing. Countries were chosen, and so um, each brewery and a couple of them needed to team up because we had more breweries than countries. Um, so do a take on that particular country. And we got Germany, which uh, which helps. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so, uh, and Schultz Brow as well. So it made a whole lot of sense for right. that. Um, and um, yeah, our spring seasonal uh, was already planned and was going to be the, our Kolsch, which we bring back every so often anyway. So I was like, well, this all works out pretty well. So didn't get too wild or creative, but uh, we're able to get our uh, German Kolsch back out there. So that was, uh, that was fun. And uh I think well well received from everybody. Everybody got to Super do cool. some different, yeah, do some different stuff for that day. So some were small smaller batches than others, right. depending on what they were doing. But um, yeah, like Albright Grove got Japan. Mm -hmm. Yep, they did and a rice lager and um, Blackberry cool. got uh, Australia. So they did like a sparkling ale. That's cool kind of thing. So that leads into our second question. Uh, question. So collaboration is king. It seems like in the Knoxville beer scene. Uh, so your next question, we thought um, to quiz you about. One of the most collaborative Knoxvillians we've ever known, uh, Johnny Knoxville. So Johnny Knoxville, a skateboarder uh, and a prank master and of jackass fame. Name one of his frequent slash iconic collaborators, any of them. Oh, um, like as far as we're talking like humans or one like of, where one, he one ends up it, in yeah. town when he shows up. Oh, uh, One I mean, of his we, crew. Oh, gosh. Uh, you got Bam Margera. You got uh, Steve-O. Those oh, are Pontus. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yep, okay, there you I, go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen a few, more than a few episodes. I don't think <laughs> yep, I've caught yep. any of the movies, but uh, yeah, it's almost too painful to watch, to be honest. Uh, so Johnny Knoxville, born uh, in Knoxville as uh, Philip John Clapp. So he was actually called PJ. Mm -hmm. He graduated from South Doyle High School in which the women's soccer team uh, brought home a district title in 2016, and their men's team advanced as far as the state quarterfinals in 2019. All right, last question, multiple choice. So we know that you guys are bigger fans of Aussie rules football as well as rugby, so we found a way uh, to fuse our passion with yours. And the next question, which of these professional soccer players started off playing rugby and was also scouted by a professional rugby team? Cristiano Ronaldo, Aaron Ramsey, Tim Cahill, or... Virgil Van Dyke. Hmm. I know the Welch guy, so <laughs> that's uh, Ramsey. Okay, yeah, that, that'd be the way to go. <laughs> Rugby is uh, one of the national sports of Wales for sure. So I can see Van Dyke is Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, yes. pretty small rugby there. Um, Ronaldo. He's big though. So, yeah, he is big. <laughs> I know. Uh, Ronaldo's not huge in uh, Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, Portugal's probably not going to have a ton of rugby either. Um, I don't know. I'd say that's. Let's go to the guy. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. All right. Aaron Ramsey, you guys are correct. Whoa! Winger of Keller Philly RFC as a youth side, approached by St. Helens Rugby Football Club. Okay. 
but soccer was his path. Eventually uh, uh, headed to Arsenal FC. Now currently a midfielder of Ranger, arch rival of Celtic. Mm. So some would say the most heated rivalry in the world. I was surprised you didn't go for Tim Cahill. I was like, oh, I was looking for the, the most iconic Australian footballer. But no, they, uh, they sniffed it right out. They went straight for it. Guys, thanks so much for allowing us to come here and enjoy this beer and uh, chat about football and just sports culture here in South Knox. And we just greatly appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having us on. Good luck to uh, One Knox and uh, cheers to Knoxville. That's going to do it for this episode of the Knox Soccer Podcast. Thank you to Adam and Chris at Alliance Brewing Company. Be sure to follow them at Alliance Brewing on Instagram. You can find One Knox's club logger at Soccer Taco, Texas Roadhouse, JC Holdway, and Alliance Brewing. Special thanks to Vessel Creative and Adam Tinker CPA for letting us use this awesome space to record today, as well as Sam and Sarah over at Not Your Average Book Report for all the podcast gear. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to our newsletter at KnoxSoccerPodcast.com. Please, oh please, show your love for the pod and for your co-hosts. Brian and Patty, who are faithfully and passionately doing this work with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with one friend, two friends, five friends, ten friends, your mom, your best friends, your coworkers, the people in your EPL supporters group. All of them. Everyone you know, share it with them and tell them to have a listen. Goodbye. Goodbye. One thing that uh, a lot of people don't know about me is that Alliance actually plays part of the reason why I met my wife. I was sitting here with a friend, Matt Osborne, and I was like, Matt, how, how did you meet You know this, this, this incredible woman that you're engaged to? And he was like, Brian, the key to meeting amazing women in Knoxville is to go to pubs and do all the free things that they offer, the runs, the, the, the activities. And we were overlooking South Landing CrossFit at the time, now South Landing Fitness. And he was like, you should just go to the free workouts that places do. And I did. I started doing CrossFit as a result of that. And I was playing soccer. My wife was on my team. She terrified me at the time. Uh, I'd known her for a couple of years, but she was she's a very strong, intimidating, athletic woman. And one day I just casually dropped in. I'm like, oh, I'm so sore from doing CrossFit from just the wide at South Landing. And that that's was our first real conversation. And Five, six years later, we have two kids uh, so, and are married. There you go. Success uh, story. Thank you, Alliance Brewing Company. Do what we can.